All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, is my main man, Lou, making an unbelievable unbelievable intro for himself. I, I have challenged him week to week to come up with something creative, and this one's a little outside the box. Maybe his lungs recover by, I don't know, the third or fourth minute here, but... Lou, we're here to recap 13, week 13 of the 2022 NFL season, foreshadow a little bit around week 14. Candidly, both you and I toyed with the idea of maybe not recording this evening, just giving some. Very, yes, very, uh, very hard, uh, no hard week this past week, Wes. Very hard week uh, in, in the personal world, um, just the, the checks and balances of life. But, you know, I could not forego the opportunity to say, Brock motherfucking Purdy, at least for one week. And we'll dive into that a little bit more. But that alone, that one phrase was enough to me to be like, screw it, Lou. Let's just do it tonight. Figure it out. Can um, we real, real quick go back to the uh, the intro and explain? Like, I was trying to act cool like a, like a Snoop Dogg, like, you know, yeah. uh, video. But then I realized I'm, I'm 40 and white and uh, yeah. I should uh, yeah. refrain from that. I'm not it, cool. It, no, we haven't been cool for a long time. You're like, that's too bad. For about, for about 40 I, years. I just quit smoking yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lou, tonight we're going to discuss, like we always do, our hot topics, our hometown takes. We'll look forward to to week 14. That being said, off the top of your brain, anything that kind of stood out for for you this week um, from the games like last week we talked we came into this talking about how there was just like a, gl- a great slate of games um, and a lot of good football in week 12 uh, how'd you feel about week 13 yeah I thought um, I am beyond flabbergasted with uh, the Chiefs have, have have a kryptonite and it's, it's it goes by the name of Joe Burrow the Bengals play the Chiefs extremely well. They just match up extremely well. And we've talked, we might have talked about this in the past, but remember back in the day, there's always like teams, I feel like, that had each other's numbers. It's just like a round robin thing. Let me give you an example. The Chargers always beat the Colts. Right? The Colts, I feel like, always beat the Steelers. Steelers will always beat the Chargers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like certain teams have these certain uh, teams like numbers, even, you know, present right now. Um, you know, uh, for the most part, you guys have the Rams number. You know what I'm saying? It just shows – it's just there's, you just match up well against them. But what's crazy about this, I feel like, they're not in the same division. So it's not like they see each other twice a year. They haven't seen each other a lot as of like the last couple of years. But it's just – it's always – it's popcorn football, bro. Just, you know, yep. you know pop, pop it up, put it in a bowl, get get ready, and, you know, just watch cla- – It's they're just classics. Yep. Styles make fights, man. But it's just the way that it goes. I – I told you this last week, though. I said because <coughs> I predicted this the the Bengals, and we'll get to that in a while. But I predicted the Bengals to beat the Chiefs, and I told you this is the perfect narrative, right? Like they beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game last year. Now they're going to beat the Chiefs th- this point, and I think it all just sets up for the Chiefs to just mop them in the playoffs. Now we'll see if that happens, but I think that's like, you know, the NFL is full of these, these type of storylines. Like look at the 49ers and the Rams last year, right? 49ers had won six straight games in relatively easy fashion against the Rams. Um, You know, and therefore everybody calling for the 49ers to win for the third time that year in the NFC championship game. And, and it didn't pan out. And then, 
for the Rams to get swept by the 49ers again this year in the regular season, right? Like storylines mm-hmm. like that are just made. So um, I agree with you, though. Um, that does feel like a little bit of a, a kryptonite. And that being said, you know, Chiefs aren't don't tend to be a team, at least the Andy led Andy Reed led Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes as the starting quarterback uh, don't seem to have you know, don't encounter too many obstacles too often. It's the reason why they've won a Super Bowl, been to two, you know, in, in his in his reign. So is what it is. We'll get into the week here. Um, prior to doing such, Lou, let's just remind everybody, um, especially our listeners, that tonight's episode okay. is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including DFS, fantasy advice, and great betting tips. Be sure to head to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in-depth analysis, exclusive content, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com, your go-to spot for sports content. While we're on the subject matter, Lou, where can the audience find us? Weston, you're getting real good at that. It's like not even like you're reading it. It's just just flows natural off the tongue there. It's, uh, <laughs> the script is memorized at this point. Uh, everyone can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod NFL. That's WTF Pod NFL. And Weston with YouTube, go ahead and give me the instructions, buddy. We're talking football podcast. That's W E apostrophe R E talking football podcast. Uh, nice and simple. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, help us out. Uh, comment on the, you know, give us your feedback, love it, hate it. What do you want to hear about? Uh, there's a new idea, right? Like if there's some topics you want us to discuss, a team you want us, us to discuss in a little bit more, a little bit more at length, uh, we're more than happy to do such. We don't just talk 49er and Charger football. Here. Yeah. I mean, like, shit, I got nothing to really focus on anymore this season. I could start like really focusing on other teams. Well, you're going to need to start for, focus on number 13 of the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to need some feedback. Um, all right, Lou, hot topics. So I thought this would be an opportune time to tee it off to going into week 14 here, just taking a gander at our preseason predictions, specifically around like maybe some division winners, uh, maybe even some foreshadowing of like MVP, O-R-O-I-Y, right? Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, maybe Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Just a quick glance and see how we're faring, how we're tracking to this point in the season. And obviously, we'll revisit this at the close of the regular season. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when there's a little bit more information out there and things might be a little bit more obvious and come back to you when we, we have the winners. So, I'll tee us off. Weston, let me ask you a question. Like, when you uh, look back at, like, you know, we're talking about the predictions we made preseason. Do you find yourself you're like, ah, oh, it's pretty smart? You're like, what the hell was I thinking for the most part? Um, I'll I'll just say I'm above average, above average That's intellect. What seems, that's what she's she said. Uh, she's never said that about me. Uh, <laughs> well, right, I got a new clip. I go to be a It is what it is. And it's not how deep you fish. It's how you wiggle your worm. Um, that being said, I, I felt smart, but I didn't feel like a genius. Right. I think some of this was obvious, specifically the division winners where I felt where um pacing behind, if you will, is more around like, the, the players, right? Um, so the player award, the individual player awards, um, a couple significant swing and misses. Yeah. 
Uh, I think I kind of like messed up on like um, t- uh, two. Uh, that, like uh, more of but for me is like uh, I was really good for the most part, but there are um, I really missed bad on the on the, some uh, some of the the teams I thought would be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean. Yes and no, right? Like, if I'm look, we'll get into it. Let's talk about it, right? So, like, let's just quickly fly through like division winners starting the AFC. We started with the AFC North. I said Baltimore. I think you said Baltimore. Yep. There we are, right? Like, as of this date, both there. Yes, Cincinnati's nipping on their heels. Yes, Lamar Jackson is out, and this could the narrative can change real fast. But as we sit here recording this evening, we're correct. Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens are in first in the AFC North. In the AFC East. We said the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think we both probably thought this was an easier job than it's turned out to be at this point in the year based on how Buffalo has been playing as of late and certainly some competition in the form of the Miami Dolphins and even the New York Jets where we thought it would probably be uh, a much easier task than it really has been at this point. Mm -hmm. Here's where I swung and missed. AFC South. I said the Indianapolis Colts and I said, cause of Matt Ryan making all the difference and he is making all the difference. <laughs> Just, Just not, in the positive not, way. not in the way that I was expecting. So, uh, so, so far I feel like we're verbatim. So I, uh, we're, we're, we're uh, in lockstep here. So you're saying you had the bills in the East, the Ravens in the North, and, yep. you know, just, and uh chiefs out West and the Colts, right? I think we had yep. the same, the same exact, um, and I don't think it was so outlandish uh, to be honest with you. No, uh, I just, I just, you know, you had to think that Matt Ryan was an upgrade over Carson Wentz, but he just looks cooked, you know, cooked. He looks fright, you know, he, he doesn't look good. He looks frightened in the pocket, like unsure of himself. It's just not good. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, everybody for like the Carson time, Wentz two point Yeah, I, I, I thought that I think they thought the O line would be a lot more stable than it's been. Um, you know, it's been shaky. Ryan is somebody who needs protection. He's certainly not scrambling. He's certainly not buying time for himself in the pocket. Uh, he needs a clean pocket, and he can, I, th- I think, to date, can still pull you apart. He just hasn't had that, right? And he's yeah. had to rush throws, force throws. And then you hit the struggle bus, and then, like, hey, you're the guy who's supposed to change it, and then you just start forcing everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just hasn't hasn't bode well. I think we were pretty much in lockstep in the NFC as well, right? Like, all right, for the East, who'd you have in the NFC? Uh, the East, I did have the Eagles. Yeah, me too. Um, south, the Bucks. South, I have the Bucks as well. Um, again, another surprise that it's been this difficult, right? And that there's still technically three teams in contention for this division crown right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we kind of chalked up. Is Tom Brady still there? Yeah, he is. Okay, like, nothing to worry about. Right. For the rest of the teams, Uh, the North, I know we both had the Green Bay Packers. We didn't foresee (laughs) the Minnesota Vikings playing at this level. Right. Or or this this much competent football. Um, And I also didn't think that we. We knew the Devontae loss was going to be significant. We just didn't probably expect thought, it to be uh, that thought, significant. I just feel like we thought we thought Aaron Rodgers just overcome that. I mean, he's dealt with receiver. He's this whole career. He hasn't, you yeah. know, uh, he never had those early uh, drafted wide receivers. He's always made receivers 
pretty damn good. Randall Cobb, I think third round pick, right? Yep. Um, uh, Jordy Nelson, what was that? Was that fifth? Sixth? No, I think he was a second. I think Jordy Nelson was a really? second round. Wow, pick, really. wow, that's crazy. So, all right, but still, like he's he's always made the receivers around him, you know, you know, better. And I, I, I figured we just looked on, we thought it was like business as usual out there in Green Bay. And uh, I guess, you know, I guess it's not. Yeah, he was a second round pick, number 36 overall. I was way off. Jeez. No, but even that. Samsonite. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. I remember something ridiculous about him, like whether it was his senior year or something that he had like, he definitely had like the most reset. There, that's what it was. His senior year, he had a 122 catches for 1600 yards at nice. Kansas State. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty ridiculous production at that time. Uh, 15 years ago, right? Like big deal. And then I think we were both way off in the NFC. We both NFC West. We both said the Los Angeles Rams, if I remember correctly. And now you're staring at a team that went from literally the top of the world to the bottom of the world in a matter of a season and signing Baker Mayfield in week 14 for God knows what reason. Yeah. It's crazy. We just, uh, we both had them um, only for the mere fact that they were bringing everyone back. And we thought Alan Robinson, I feel like was going to be a, a, another, you know, major contri- uh, co- uh, contributor contributor, um, you know, with this team. Right. So we, just, and they brought in Bobby Wagner, you know, for, to show off the middle of that defense because oh, the middle's always been a problem with them, right? Yep. You know, and um, I, you just felt like, oh, Cam Akers coming back from you know, for injury. But I was really suspect on them, even last year. Like, I'm not sure if you remember, I said, I feel like the best team didn't win the Super Bowl last year. And I, that was that was like my theme. I felt like I said, I felt like the hottest team did, yep. but not the best team. And this year, I was very cautionary when we were talking about this, about their offensive line. And lo and behold, you know, it has been atrocious. Riddled with injuries, don't get me wrong, right? But it still has – they've always been able to overcome that with scheme. But, yeah, no, I guess the they have, fall, they have fallen far from grace. They might have, you know, they might have uh, mortgaged the future to get that one Super Bowl win. Hey, you know what? If you're a Rams fan – I take it. Yeah, I take it in a freaking heartbeat, dude. (laughs) I ride that. You know, the last Super Bowl win I saw, I was 11 years old. Um, That was the last Super Bowl you saw um, as a team. But like, yeah, I take it, man. You know what I'm saying? Twenty, looking at it, 28 years later without that W, I take one and go. Like I used to say this to the Eagle fans, I'm like. Who cares what you do for the next 10 years? You yeah. ride this. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody can take that away from you. Um, bought or not, nobody can take it away from you. Yeah. Um, all right. I think this is where you're, we're talking a little bit, like, where we were probably some more obvious misses related to, like, playoff predictions. So I'm going to rattle off my AFC playoff teams, and you rattle off yours. Yeah. Okay. Deal? Yeah. So I at Buffalo Bills, I had them as the number one seed. I pegged the Chiefs as the two seed, the Ravens as the three seed, the Colts as the four seed, the LA Chargers as a five seed, the Las Vegas Raiders as the six seed, and then the Cincinnati Bengals, Tennessee Titans. I had like either or in the seventh, and I think if I went back and listened you to our recording, I, I I think I went Titans. Yeah, because yeah, I remember you saying because later on the uh, the conversation we talked about. 
how the Titans are going to be like disappointing. And I'm yeah. like, but you had them, you had them in the playoffs. They're like, yeah, but you know this. Yeah. So you, you had the Titans. So for me, I had uh, the Buffalo Bills as the one, the Ravens as the two, Chiefs as three, Colts as four, Bengals at five, Chargers at six, Ooh. Broncos at seven. <laughs> and I just think uh, who really predicted the Broncos to be this bad? Or in all seriousness, um, you thought it would be tough on them, right? But, you know, you think a worst-case scenario, even with all the, you know, the, the – um, the landmines they have in the AFC West. You think, like, you know, the worst case was like 500 football. Yeah. Yeah. Three and nine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. Out Three there and nine. And, Again, and most recent is uh, basically a Lamar less, you know, uh, that one hurt, man. Yeah. Ravens team that you had to play that. And you know, what's even, you know, not only that, yeah, we talked about this last, like who's, you should be freaking out last week, but like here you have, um, Pretty much, they have invested so much into Wilson with compensation and draft picks. It's going to be hard for this team to get better if Wilson doesn't turn it around. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. number first rounder, you know, that's going to miss on premium talent right now. Uh, that you know, in the in the in the camp with the, uh, Russell Wilson, man, you know, yeah, yeah, it's not good in in Denver, and we've talked about that at at length uh, on this show specifically. What about the NFC, Lou? Who do you have playoff wise NFC? Uh, one, I had the Rams. Two, I had the Packers. Way off. Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> uh, just a bit outside. Uh, yeah. Three, three, I had the Bucks. Four, I had the Eagles. Five, I had the Niners. Six, I had the Cowboys. Seven, I had the Saints. So I was on a little roll there up until the Saints. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, not not terrible. Nothing really surprising here. No one could, like I said, we basically we're saying that like we missed. Um, we overestimate Rogers' ability to carry his team. You know, that's what that hurts us there. We already talked about the Rams, right? And for me, I had the Saints because I just thought there was such a talented team on defense that would be able to kind of drag them along. And they had, you know, rushing, rushing tag, decent offensive line. I'm like, that's what for me, uh, I thought there would be the, the seventh one. Uh, and they could just play ugly football but win games type of thing. And they ain't doing that. Yeah, I just I basically had like a rework of like the 2021 playoffs, right? So I had Tampa Bay as the one seed, Green Bay as the two seed, LA as the three seed, Philly as the four seed, 49ers as the fifth seed, Vikings as the sixth seed, and the Arizona Cardinals as the seventh seed. So there's three teams that are definitively not making the playoffs that are on that. Would I what I didn't have that I can tell you is I certainly didn't have four teams from the NFC East vying for contention to be playoff teams. You know, um, oh, did you speak of the NFC East real quick? Did you hear what the uh, Big Cat and Barstool said? No. Like, okay, so the Giants and uh, Washington uh, Commander tied. Commanders they tied. So the next game they should both agree whoever wins this game gets the other game too. It'll be a double win. Do you, <laughs> do you agree? Like, wouldn't that be a cool concept? Like they both, they both have to agree. If they're in for that, like, yeah, that one counts as a win too. Yeah. Dude, now I just have to get 30 other owners to sign off on that. But yeah, yeah. I think conceptually That'd speaking, it's like, now, right? yeah, like, Hey, basically if I win the next game, that's probably what tips the scales and eliminates the other team. Right. So might as well mm -hmm. give me the extra W um, and, and move on. But even this, you know, 
49ers sitting in the playoffs is could be shaky at this point yeah. in time. We'll we'll see. So I won't get into like our Super Bowl picks, um, you know, like our surprise teams. I want to get like just spend another minute or two on like the player awards and then we can hop into um, our next topic. But, you know, MVP, I had Josh Allen as the MVP. Um, feeling like that's probably not going to happen unless the next four or five weeks uh, he balls out because he's definitely – from a Josh Allen perspective, keeping this in context, has hit a little bit of a rougher skid. More turnovers. Yeah, yeah. turned the ball over too much. Yeah. Um, especially when you see who he's being going to be compared to and how they really don't turn the ball over all that often. Uh, so that who'd you have as MVP? I, who I had uh, as MVP is who is probably the MVP right now, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to show everyone, I don't have Tyreek Hill. But wait till you see what I do with I have like you, who you don't know I'm gonna throw to. And also, let's not forget, let's not uh, tra- how amazing tra- Travis Kelsey has been uh, to my chagrin uh, this season. So Kelsey has been balling out, you know, balling out of control. So, but I saw I, ha- I had Patrick Mahomes. Who'd you have for offensive player of the year? <sighs> Could be still right now. I had Justin Jefferson. I you know. For getting a new head coach or offensive minded head coach, it's going to line them up in multitude areas. Uh, you know, I just thought the only thing that was a little concerning for me was like, can Cousins, can he, you know, not be like too bad? You know, there's two sides of Cousins: good, you know, gunslinger, gunslinger, good Cousins, and bad, bad Cousins. And I'm like, can he just not have too many bad Cousin games? And Justin Jefferson has to be somewhat in the in the talks, but it's probably Tyreek Hill right now. If I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, and I definitely didn't see that coming too. I picked Tyreek to be the guy that I thought he was going to be still good would be flushed, but it was, it wasn't an indictment on Tyreek. It was an indictment on the quarterback. Um, going back to that. So I too had Justin, just Justin Herbert as my (laughs) player of the year. Um, I went outside the box and said, Hey, two quarterbacks. And I know we've never really seen that before. Um, usually offensive player of the year. Um, Run back receiver. Yeah, it goes to somebody different. But I had Herbert. Um, th- listen, I don't think Herbert's playing poorly. I just think there's other people that are playing better yeah. right now. This is just what it boils down to. Defensive player of the year, I had TJ Watt. But where I feel like now we had a significant injury throughout the course of the year. But where I feel a little bit better about myself was my dark horse, as I mentioned, was Nick Bosa. Yeah, and I he's in contention. Do I think he'll win it? I don't think he will. Who do, do you I think, think wins it? I, I who it's going to be Micah Parsons. And do I agree with that? No. Um, but I I'm also not like disagreeing with it. Like he's he's having yeah, himself a good year. You know, uh, so he's West, a good player. So Westland Mexico. So you can see it though. Like you can say, yeah, you know. It's not like he doesn't deserve it, Micah Parsons, but you, you can see how people would think he's a defensive player. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I can see it. I understand it. Okay. I'm not vehemently disagreeing with it. What I'm disagreeing with is the narrative that people are – because, again, you line them up statistically, just statistically, no tape. I understand this. Bosa has outplayed him, statistically speaking, in one less full game, Right. But I also think the hype 
or when people want to say that he's a, a better defensive player, I just think he's a different defensive player that lines up in a different spot that lets him showcase more talent in every down involvement. Like Nick Bosa can't help the fact that he's a 280 pound edge rusher. Like that's who he is. Like you can't change that. That's the position he plays. Like you're not going to drop the guy in coverage. He's, you know what I mean? Like he's not chasing down running backs with a four, three speed because it's not what he is. But I don't think that makes dude. I'm, I'm of the, the mindset that I argue Trent Williams is arguably the best player in the NFL. Right. But most people would say no, because he doesn't play under center. He doesn't touch the ball. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, it's the same argument. Like Micah Parsons position gets the, like, he has the added advantage of being like, you will rush the passer in rushing situations, but every other downs you chase the ball carrier, you follow the football. So of course he's got more tape where he's around the ball carrier. It's just more opportunity based on his position. But yes, I see what everybody else sees and he's playing phenomenal football. Like I, you can't take that away. Yeah. So uh, great transition because my uh, defensive player of the year was Micah Parsons. And for me, I mean, you know how much I love Micah Parsons from before he was on the yes. team. You know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 I sang his praises during our draft uh, special there, but um, all that being said with um, you allude to for me, I think it's, the fact that he's playing at such a high level and a multitude of ways because he's so versatile, the, ver- the, the versatile him being like amazing, uh, like all aspects of the game, I think is that versatility. That is what attracts me to him as a defensive player of the year, as opposed to sure. Bosa. we've seen, you know, a lot of edge rushers and that's what they do. They're, they're just not saying not trying to downgrade Bosa. Right. But I'm just saying, We've seen like your, your Michael Stray hands or whatever, but it's seldom do you see someone that does like a little bit of everything. And that versatility is so cool that he's that he's so good at everything. So yep. for me, I, I it is Micah Parsons, and that's why I picked him out. To, you know, I picked him there too because I thought he's he's gonna be gr- you know great in multitude of ways. Listen, he's gonna he's having a great year. Um, if the Cowboys make the playoffs and he continues on this path, he's probably a shoe in for it because of the the national media, the national recognition and and those things come into play as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you get, yeah. you see him play on prime time all the time. You see him play in America's game of the week. Like you just get to see him play more people get to see him play. It's what it boils down to. Here's a big swing and miss for me. And this hurts my pride because I was all in and still all in on this man. But for offensive rookie of the year, I had Traylon Burks. I've said all season he's wide receiver one, in my opinion. Um, now listen, he's been injured most of the season. Um, and he just got injured again. Like last weekend, he happened to have one catch where he got shellacked in the end zone for a touchdown. And he held on to the football, mind you, and he's made some good plays, but I also think this is a lot. This is also when he is there, just a pure struggle bus of an offense in Tennessee right now. Like it's, it's, if the run game ain't moving, like ain't nothing going. Um, especially for, for Tannehill, but this is a, this is a big miss, right? Like I said, Traylon Burks, offensive rookie of the year and candidly, he's not, he's not even close in the voting. Yeah. Got to be on the field to be that. And he hasn't been, I wasn't in the stadium or the ballpark either. I had Drake London. Uh, I, I just liked his, I just liked the situation. I thought, you know, the te- the defense was going to be bad. They're going to be 
you know, not thrown a lot, but they're going to be playing catch up most, you know, a lot. And there was a, already someone there established to take the pressure and focus off of Drake London, right? Yep. I also felt like Drake London played in the week, a weaker division, you know, defensively. Um, yeah. But um, I was wrong. <laughs> hey, we had the position, right? Because it's probably Olave or Wilson. I think it would have probably, to be Wilson right now. Yeah, it's one of the two, you know, so we ain't. We ain't wrong, right? We got yeah. the we got the right position. Um, Thought you, you have did for good defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, you know what? Mine got uh, my. <laughs> I think we recorded our, our show like a, a couple, like a week or two before the season uh, started. Not the season started, but more of like this news came out. I had Kayvon Thibodeau once again, pass rusher. You know, I love Kayvon. He's been really good too. If you look at the statistics, no. But if you look at the analytics, the amount of pressure he gets on quarterbacks, man, is is insane. He just doesn't get there. So yeah. he's still a really good player, and I think he's going to be a really good player. But um, I'll probably have to be one of the cornerbacks right now. If if you're if you're um, if if you're taking a poll right now uh, from Seattle or uh, uh, the Jets, yeah, Gardner so, or Saucer. Not Kobe Bryant, the other one. Wooten, 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 yeah. um, one of the, those two. I had Aiden Hutchinson, and I don't think Hutchinson's outside the realm because he plays the sexy position. He's getting some sacks. Yeah, was it like he gets four some sacks, hustle plays? Yeah. yeah, like so he's he's doing some things, but I agree. Like if I had to if I had to hand it out today, I'd probably hand it out to the corner from Seattle, right? Um, especially because, you know. Most of the time when you're picking these players, you're picking first-round guys, not fourth- or fifth-round pick guys that are coming in and, and balling yeah. that way. But even surprisingly, Kobe Bryant, the you know the the guy who was the, the understudy of Sauce at Cincinnati, playing really, they, really well in yeah. Seattle as well. They had a really good draft this past year, the Seahawks. Dude, they got one corner who leads the league in interceptions. The other corner leads the, the league in forced fumbles. Yeah. <laughs> they're creating turnovers on the outside that's all you could ever ask for from your that's from right. from your corners but all right so all in all like we're batting like uh, when you think of the standings we're batting like 75 750 right like that's definitely hall of fame material playoffs were a little bit like batting like 600 uh the awards we're north of the Mendoza line. We'll just put yeah. it that way um, is what it boils down to. So in all in all, not too bad. I don't think we got a lot wrong, but when we got something wrong, we got we, it wrong. Way wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way <laughs> we, wrong. So. And that's all right. It's yeah. kind of my middle name. Lou, another real quick hot topic. We won't spend a lot of time here, but I know this is something that's like top of mind for you. Um, you, you went off a little bit on social media, so I'll give you the floor to do that if you want as well. But the Titans this week went on the offensive and fired their general manager, John Robinson. Uh, to me, and I know you might have a difference of opinion, this just feels a little out of sorts considering like last year they were the number one seed in the AFC, right? This year they're still leading their division and they're clearly a playoff team um, and play good football, you know? Um, so it just feels like a little out of character because this is not the typical scenario you see a GM be let go in the middle of a season. This isn't like a three and nine football team. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, that's been competitive for an extended period of time. What happened here? Right. So I don't, I don't candidly, I don't really care all that much. Right. <laughs> I think what's bothering me is 
the the why right to me is they're like i'm almost looking at it as if there's something that happened behind the scenes that we are not aware of that led to this and this is just a prudent team getting out ahead of it because on the surface like how do you fire a guy that's help you build up build a playoff roster for consecutive years I just that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There's there's GMs out there that have had way longer leashes on bad football teams that stick around. Did he hire Mike Rabel? That's what I was just trying to look up right now. I don't know. So, okay, so I understand what you're saying. I just felt the timing was weird in the middle of the season. I'm saying um, this is a, a, the classic. This you know things like this happen every now and then. It's like you see your team plateauing, and it's like. Well, if you make a change, your team can go down. But if you make a change, you can go up. This is like the your quintessential fork in the road type of thing. Listen, I know they're leading their division, right? And but when you look at them, and I know they're competitive, but when you look at them, and you think to yourself, like, are they in the same class as the Bengals, the Chiefs? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. are they really? You know, no. And I think what happens is. You're like, would we be if we had better talent? Because the coaching's phenomenal. The fact that you're even, you know, he's winning games with lesser talent, you know, that's not a coaching issue. So they look at themselves and what the other, you know, teams are doing from a draft standpoint. When you look at some of John, you know, Robinson's drafts, not good, not good at all, right? So uh, John Robinson. Did hire Mike Vrabel, by so the way. So he's he's writing he's you know his he, so if, for his GM tenure, right? He's just basically writing on that fact, and he which is a great fact, but you got to do better by by the coach and from a personnel standpoint. And I think if he was even like decent, because <clears throat> he swung and missed these last couple of years. Julio Jones fiasco and stuff like that. So if he was decent, the Titans would be a, uh, a bigger threat there in the AFC. <clears throat> I guess the straw that broke the camel's back, though, too, is I I have to imagine a lot of people in Tennessee were shocked when they saw A.J. Brown. Yeah, get, everyone's saying that. I mean, dated, And then you see what he did. And then, again, mm-hmm. it's the straw that broke the camel's back. That in itself is not enough for grounds for dismissal because this happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah, yeah like missed drafts, guys who, like, were first-round draft picks and not even on the football team anymore. Some of them are not even in the NFL anymore, right? Like, it's um, – it, it, just, it just felt like – what does firing him now do? It doesn't change. You literally have a free agent wire that you can play, right? Like there's no more trade deadline. You're not even in draft preparation at this point in time, nor are you worried about what your draft pick is because like you're in You the can't hire any you can't hire anyone, you that's know. That's what I'm like, saying. Like what what's it just it just felt like this could have waited till the end of the season. So all right, quick question. You think yeah. you think there's more to this story? Are we gonna give us a police report <laughs> coming out? Yeah, I, I mean, like, why else? You know, like, I honestly just don't know. Like, why else? Like, why now? It just, it just feels like another distraction for a playoff contending team, unless the removal of him clears up a distraction that was going on that we don't yeah. know about, and that's how you get the locker room back. That's why I feel like there's just more to the story. Yeah. 
All right. So, Lou, I have one curveball here for you. Shouldn't feel much like a curveball. I texted you about it, but we didn't agree to it. But we're going to talk about it real quick anyway. For the last few weeks, if not all season, all we've been hearing about is like the Odell Beckham tour and the Odell Beckham speculation and what teams is he visiting and who is he going to? Is it the Bills? Is it the Cowboys? Is it back to the Giants? Once upon a time, was it the Packers? Was it the 49ers? Right? Like there was a lot of teams that were involved with this. Here's my question to you. At this juncture, walking into week 14, and he is yet to be signed, does he actually even impact a team in 2022 in any capacity on these playoff contenders? I can't imagine. I don't know. Like, First of all, we want to talk about how I feel about this topic matter. It's exactly how I how you felt about the prior one with the Titans. This one, I can give a shit less, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, a guy coming off of two knee surgeries in back-to-back years, I I feel like it's uh, kind of like that you know that scene from Rocky with Apollo, like when he's coming out and like this whole like pomp and circumstance. This has been like a media tour. It's just ridiculous uh, for a guy. I don't think I don't think he makes a bit as big as a contribution. Uh, he's you know because he's not with a team right now. If he's not with a team, maybe learn the playbook. Sure, yeah, but like how much really? I know he's a you know he's a transcendent talent. Don't get me wrong, but like, what's he going to get you? He's not going to be consistent for you. He's just going to flash every now and then. And I think when you're in the playoffs, you need consistency. I so I too don't really care about the subject. I just needed to get some of this stuff off my chest because I am actually a huge Odell Beckham fan. Oh. I I loved Odell Beckham coming out of LSU. What I loved about him prior to his combine is he wasn't a big stat guy. I just saw a lot of LSU games by chance, not because I follow the team like heavily, just happened that season. Saw, and I just watched this guy make like insane catches. I was like, how does nobody know about this guy? And then he did what he did at the combine and everybody knew about this guy, right? Like the Like I own his New York giant Jersey, because I am a bit, I was a big Odell Beckham fan in his early. Then he became the true prima donna, and I fell off that bandwagon. Here's the short of it: he doesn't impact any single team this year, dude. This man tore his ACL in the Super Bowl in February, right? We're sitting here in December, ten months later. Any professional athlete will tell you, twelve month recovery time, right? Like. And that includes the physical and the mental element. And then the, the getting your body back to where it was in some capacity, like pre-injury, he just admitted that he's five weeks away from playing. So, okay. That puts you on the field come playoffs. I, I, you want to know what I think he does? I think he completely disrupts whatever team that he goes to. If they're playing, you know, because now you got another ego out there. Another he could be body a point, out there. He, he could be a poison pill, clutter up the stuff as like not oh, knowing dude. the offense. Yeah, he could be a poison throwing pill. it off. Like, what's he gonna learn in these next few weeks, right? And you know, with an ego as well. Like, is he gonna be in the book? Is he gonna be like, you know what I mean? Or is he just gonna be like, I'm Odell? Like, I'm gonna show up and like talent's gonna take care of the rest. But like these teams that are playing good football going into the playoffs don't need anything to offset it. You don't want another ego out there that, like, oh shit, now I gotta derail the game plan. And I gotta try to get it to this guy. And is he does he have the rapport with the quarterback? Is he going to be the depth he's supposed to be on that slant, on that hitch, on that dig? Like, and the answer is no. So honestly, if the Dallas Cowboys want to go sign them, good. 
that just shows me that they're not ready to go win a Super Bowl again, right? Like they're just chasing talent to chase talent. He's going to F it all up. He's going to F it all up. I'm telling you. Like I'd rather have Noah Brown in there right now than Odell Beckham because Noah's been there all season. He knows where to be. He's developing rapport with the quarterback. Um, I just – if you go sign Odell Beckham now – and here's the other thing, dude. Like everybody wants to point back to like look what he did for the Rams last year. Yeah, he made a difference for the Rams. I won't deny that. But he was also there like the sixth week of the season. You know what I mean? Not, not the wild card round. <laughs> like, See, I, if you asked me this question about a month ago, I said, yeah, he would. Because I thought he'd be signed by now. I, but even if he was signed, like signed is one thing. But if you're still not playing or practicing, like, yeah, you could be in the meetings. You can be in the room. But like, dude, everybody that you ever follow will tell you there's a difference between being in shape and being in football shape and i don't want a significant a significant investment that's supposed to contribute to my run to be figuring out how to be in football shape which requires playing in games in the wild card round of the playoffs like that's just not that's a that's a recipe for disaster so cowboy fans i hope you do i hope you do to me that just tells me you're not ready to win super bowls that's a great little segment there, Wes. I'm going to have to cut that one up. <laughs> Put it out there. Put it out there. Because they're, you know what? They're not. I bet they won't. I bet he goes unsigned. You sound like a, a day day from uh, yeah. next round. I bet they won't. I, I bet, bet they she won't. won't. <laughs> she knows about all the cookies. The ones that come out with the cream. That was on the other day, and I watched it, bro. You best yeah. believe I watched it. All right, Lou. Let's. Let's let's move through our hometown takes a little bit quicker than we normally do because we spend a lot of time in our our hot topics, which is good. We get to spread the ball out a little bit here, right? And yeah, hot go route, to hot our route, yeah. yeah, go to our weapon. So your Chargers had the Raiders, uh, my 49ers had the Dolphins. Talk, give me a, a few minute uh, novel on your on your Chargers game this weekend. Didn't want to, by the way. No, you uh, th- this this should uh, this should this should be really quick. All can inside uh, the good nothing. Nunca nine Nasino whatever you want to say. There was absolutely nothing good from this past weekend. Um, I'm just really lost for words. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, this has been the story of my fandom with this team, and it's okay. So, if you know anything about like film majors, right, and like people who make like uh, scary movies, there's like a there's like a, a formula, right? Yep. You know, it usually involves like a, you know, a weaker person overcoming, you know, this uh, grandiose, like uh, terrifying figure. And then they always kill him with something blunt because it's more personal. And you know, there's like a formula how to make, right, a horror movie. With the Chargers, this, this game was just the formula of the Chargers. Uh, injuries, you know, a little, you know, two parts injuries. Uh, one part poor uh, pass blocking. Yeah, one time Justin Herbert um, dropped back 22 times, and he was pressured on all 22 dropbacks. What I mean by pressured, uh, either quarterback hit, sack, uh, hurry. You know, it's all it's all of it, right? So 22 out of 22. Uh, so yeah, we you know uh, three parts poor pa- uh, pass blocking, uh, four parts awful situational football. Um, relying too much on you know the quarterback to save the day and be the hero. Shitty defense, which is ironic this year, by the way. Well, 
for you know for this team because they're led by a defensive-minded coach. So a guy who you know sports himself as a defensive quote-unquote guru or genius, and uh, they're once they are historically bad. Um, and he, you know, I know they're dealing with injuries, but and he got his choice of like uh, players that he wanted this year. So you know. Uh, and last but not least, uh, a dash of uh, no second half adjustments. Uh, that's, that's that's just the stories of the Chargers. It's the same thing every week. It's you know it's Groundhog's Day again, Weston, and the Chargers are going to lose it, but they're going to look great doing it. Well, I feel like I'm a broken record. I think you do an eloquent job of like talking about new things every week, but when I when I come in to give my perception, it's it's a summarization of what I saw. And it's the same two points week over week over week with me. And this is this is common for teams that hit the struggle bus for a little bit and do it consistently. The same themes tend to pop up, and that's what you try to correct. But for life me, I can't figure out why this team just struggles in the second half. Just 17 to 7. Yeah, it's actually, it's, actually, it's actually not just the second half. So here's something crazy. Chargers are the second-ranked team in scoring in the second quarter. But if you look at their first, third, and fourth quarters, they're in the mid-20s. So they only yeah. score in the second quarter, and then they don't score again. They get off to slow starts, and they don't score in the second – you know, they get outscored in the second half. Okay, so here's what's perplexing to me. They had every opportunity to stomp on throats early in this game, force an early fumble. That, had a pick six. Yeah. Yeah, like they fought – like you know, saying a defensive-minded team, like – well, they did, the defense did what they were supposed to do, like, pretty early in this game, right? Like, I mean, they turned Carr over multiple times early in this game um, and didn't get enough out of it, right, to almost put this game away and, and be able to, like, pl- have a different defense plan. And then item number two that always comes up, it's the rushing game. And it's the rushing game on both sides of the field. And it's it tends to be – them not rushing for many yards, i.e. you're not really protecting your quarterback because there's no real true threat of the run. And they're giving up, you know, they gave up 154 yards rushing th- this week. They only had 72 yards rushing of their own. Like, you know, when the when most teams are playing winning football, it's 100 on the ground, 250 plus in the air. Like they check the 250 plus in the air every week, you know, but they don't check that running game b- – which to me means that they're in too many third and longs, second and longs, obvious passing downs. And then you talk about pressure, you know, in Herbert's face 22 consecutive times. I'm going to just go ahead and guess 14 or 15 of those were in obvious passing situations, right? Like that make it harder. Like it just, it's when you can't run the football, you can't keep teams off balance. Or if you at least don't even like pretend to try to run the football, and it's the same – I feel like I bring up the same two points every single week. Yeah, so watch – first of all, watching them play rush defense, uh, run defense, it's like a slow, painful death. It hurts. It's it's like trying to pass a fucking kidney stone. It's crazy, man. Uh, but uh, you, what you got to do is you got to um, – Pro Football Focus actually came out with some tape uh, study of uh, the Chargers this past weekend, and you got to look at what, the, you know, what they go over. It's pretty fantastic for the fact that basically – on the majority of the plays that the Chargers call, call on the offensive side, there's only two viable options for that, you know, to throw it. And if, it, if it's one of those options will be Keenan Allen, like the defense is like, is, is onto that. And yeah. Keenan, Allen, Keenan Allen lost, you know, you know, I don't know if he's 
he's lost a little step there. I'm not calling him cooked, but you know, he, he doesn't look for me. Uh, the, you know, there's a, that, a little regression there. And then for the rest of their plays from the, on the outside, the boundary, they just rely too much on the receivers getting open, like one-on-one, like, and one mixtape basketball type stuff. And like, it just get open. Like it's just one-on-one. You got to beat your man type thing. Uh, so it's a fantastic fan. It's like six minutes. It's fantastic. And it, that's why Herbert checks down so much. So you got the offensive coordinator, and then you got the defensive on the defensive side. There's, you know, once again, even though they invested so much among the, you know, that front uh, defensive front, they're decimated by injury. So you cannot ignore that. But that being said, they weren't all world beaters, uh, you know, in the beginning of the season either. And they do have one of the worst second line, second and third lines of defense when it comes to tackling. Like they cannot tackle they can cover ground and all but they, they have they cannot wrap up interesting note though in the first couple of games when joey bosa played uh no one ran over for 100 yards uh yep. you know from them so that that's kind of crazy right so <clears throat> can one man uh, can one man make that much of a difference i don't think so but it's just it they had to overcome too much and he was one. He that was like a death blow to him. So I don't think he comes. I don't think Joey Bosa comes back uh, because I don't think they're really going to be in play of contention. I mean, that's neither here nor there. But that's just that's that's yeah. That's uh, I think Bosa's decision to come back depends on how they play this Sunday night. Yeah, it, it has to. At this point, it has to be like how close are we really against the playoffs? How much you know what? And here you are. You're talking about Odell Beckham. Like how much of a factor? How much of a factor will he be? He'll be a yeah. factor. He'll be a factor. Yeah, but yeah. Dude, because the position he plays, right? And 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 we've talked about this at length that Joey Bosa is very stout against the run and he's a very efficient pass rusher. He's a complete football player. Yeah. Right. So his position is just all about opportunity. Right. So if he makes a tackle for a loss or stops it for a two yard gain versus getting to the second level and it being a five or a six yard gain. Maybe that's a second and long passing scenario. Maybe that's a third and long passing scenario, which sets him up for opportunity and they're, they're opportunistic. Is it a sack there when it's not right now? Is it a sack strip fumble? Like when it is not right now. And those little dude, they're playing in tight football games, right? Like one possession games, even if they're losing them, like that that's, that's the because that's, that's because the there difference. is that's because there is talent on that team. Of course now why, they're talented why they team. now why they lose the game is because there's no coaching. You always that that is that that's that's this team right now. It's the same old swan song, bro. You know, I had this with McCoy, we had this with Lynn. You know, it's, it's you know, we you know, you knew Brian Dable was my guy. I I did say this, you know, I did say Staley was the second guy. But I just felt like they were scared that if Dable might go back to Buffalo, right, and then uh, they wouldn't, they would miss out on Staley, you know. So he talks a good game; he's a great soundbite, you know. Um, but it just, it's just been the same. It's just, it's, it's literally like the movie Groundhog's Day. It's like a, it's, it's just. I have no, like I basically have no more energy to really to, to like even. If, I get, get it. Mad, you got to say anymore. You know what I'm saying? I got it. This is starting to have. This is how I'm like 
Oh, this is oh my bad. I didn't know I was doing my podcast. And I thought this was my therapy session. <laughs> Happy to be here. The rates, the rates a buck and a half an hour, and you went for well anything longer than a minute, you get billed for the full hour anyway. So okay. uh, send it on over. Probably a perfect transition to the 49ers versus Dolphins because I'm left walking away from this game having a different sentiment than right? I you did must be, at yeah. the moment the clock struck zero. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it just there's a different feeling like, hey, I don't know if I just watched us play what might be our Super Bowl, the most hype game of the year where, you know what I mean? Like there's just all this hype surrounding it, game of the week, whatever you want to freaking call it. And we won and won relatively convincingly for the for the most part. And you think now maybe. Well, I'm going to talk about it. Right. Because okay. I'm not a. I think I'm, I think if I'm anything, Lou, I'm a realist. Right. And I, and I think, and I think I'll justify that. And I hope you have some questions around this and I want your feedback around this, but like, let's start with the obvious Jimmy G's injury looms really, really large. Right. Um, I'm going to talk more about that in, in just a moment, but like, that's the big takeaway walking out of this game is your starting quarterback, who was your insurance plan to your original starting quarterback is gone uh, what does that mean? Right. Like he was, was he playing lights out? No, but he didn't have to, right? Like he was doing everything he was supposed to during this winning streak. And now he's not there. Um, some other things that concern me about the game is God damn it. That opening play of the game thought told you a total, like told you what this game was supposed to be. And here's the worst part about it. So I watch it through my direct TV app on my smart TVs. So I'm on like a play delay. And I had them, and I know this, I've been doing this for years, but I just made the cardinal mistake that I tend to not make is I had my computer open on the table next to me while watching the game, which updates real time because I was tracking something from fantasy, specifically from the Giants overtime game, right? So like that was still an overtime and I saw the thing flash. It's an awful feeling in life, bro. And I'm like, bro, I haven't even seen the play yet. So I got gut punched when I saw it flash on my computer then had to actually watch it. So I was like, screw this, shut the computer, rest of the game. I don't want to be tipped off, uh, you know, but like that opening play, you're like, here we go. This yeah. offense is for real. Is our defense for not um, some, some other bad for me, candidly. If you look at, if you just looked at the box score and the stats, you would say the 49ers defense looked dominant. Right. But I'm not a stat guy, Lou, you know that, right? Like I'm not a, a grade guy. Like I'm, I'm an eyeball test guy. And my eyes tell me actually something different. My eyes tell me that the 49ers defense was fortunate during this game where Tua left a lot of plays out there on the field with overthrows, with poor mechanics, just like not setting his feet, even when he wasn't being pressured, it just didn't, he just didn't look the way that he's looked like all season, right. Which contributed to two interceptions and, and a fumble, Etc. So I do, but here's what I do believe. Like, I, I don't subscribe to the 49ers defense was dominant in this game. I don't subscribe to that. They were very good. Yeah, but uh, I think you also have to give credit to the Dolphins offense. I mean, that's a dominant offense too. So I feel like for you won the battle. If you want to look at who won, if you're a wins or loss guy, I feel like you guys won the battle. Won the battle. Easily. Easily. But what I'm trying, what I'm trying to dispel is this narrative of like, dude, I know a lot of people say the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL. I actually don't agree with that. And they're, I'm a, Who's I'm better? a team. I don't know, but I've just seen too much 
like fortunate. Like I could go back to the Saints game the week before, dude. Like and watched Andy Dalton, and I yeah, you're gonna have, you're always, put you're the ball have... right in the fucking face masks of people, and yeah, then drop you're passes. Always, you always have games like that, man. You're always, always have... but like. I've seen enough. Every defense of has. Yes. Like, and listen, you can't even play defense in the NFL anymore. Like, I don't know why anybody would want to be a defensive back in the NFL anymore ever again because you can't play it. But, like, I saw missed throws. I saw things. I saw open receivers run down the field that Tua wasn't looking at. All stuff that I used to see from Jimmy all the time, I saw from Tua. Um, but I do think defense does contribute to that. I think the reputation of the defense makes you that, that clock in your head's moving a little bit faster than it really is. So, even though the the pressure wasn't there was the ghost of pressure there. Right. Yeah, like those of sort of things. Or like, I also think that like, Hey, some of his receivers might've got bumped off routes a little bit, right? Like where they just didn't have a free run and where they were expected to be. So I, I again, Man, you the guys defense play so, played you guys, well. Listen, listen, you guys play so fast. It's like, it's just very overwhelming for offenses. Like how, how quickly you guys swarm to the ball. So yeah, I mean, of course that's just the, the, you know, the, the lore of that defense. Yeah, you're right. Of course he's going to think that, hey, you know, I got to speed up my, you know, my decision-making. It's the ghost of Christmas past, right? Yeah. Like it's uh, – let's get to the good because I don't want to spend too much – I want to spend time on a point, but I don't want to spend too much time on, like, the, this game itself. I started the show with this, and I'm going to come back to it because it does make me feel good to say Brock motherfucking Purdy, right? Like Brock Purdy – Bright spot in this game. Good. We'll come back to this in a second. Some other things. The 49ers have won five straight. This was the biggest game in those five, right? Like team with the winning record, playing well on a winning streak of their own, all the hype around this game. Um, and it did it from my chair where I was sitting. Hey, my team didn't disappoint, right? Like, you know, they, they showed that they belonged, especially considering the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um what I liked about this game is like, dude, all the playmakers were involved. Everybody had touches, you know, Debo's weren't the sexiest, but like there were some physical plays, some strong catches, same with Iuk. you know, juice getting the ball McCaffrey, 140 something total yards, right? 80 receiving 60 something rushing. Um, I told you about Jordan Mason, right? Like he was averaging seven yards a carry, My, you know, like, and he just feels like that dude who's like, you know, the 49ers as of late have been, leading with the pass to then open up the run game for them where it used to mm-hmm. be vice versa. Like when we get into the third and fourth quarter, if you're playing a tight ball game or you're trying to cl- control time o'clock, like Jordan Mason just feels like this hammer dude. Like he just runs hard. He's faster than he looks faster and looks more explosive than Elijah Mitchell, but you get the same result falls forward, gets positive yards and gets chunks of positive yards. Like, do I want Elijah Mitchell Instead of Jordan Mason, of course I do right now. But I'm saying, like, it's a nice one-two punch um, for sure. And then I just mentioned about the defense, right? Still some positives, right? Like, they completely removed the running game from the Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel, the guru of the run game, right, that we all talked about in the offseason, Kyle Shanahan, specifically D'Amico Ryans, was ready for it. I mean, dude, they had 33 yards rushing. There was a point in this game where they didn't even pretend to rush the football. And that's not how that offense is set up, right? Like, that's not how our offense is set up. They forced four turnovers, three INTs, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Bosa had three sacks, like another bright spot. So, again, defense played well. I don't think they were as dominant as the stat line shows, but they played 
really, really good sound football. Considering if you look at both of Miami's scores, essentially minus the field goal, one was the first play of the game, was just poor tackling angles in pursuit, busted coverage to the house. The big one to Tyreek Hill, busted coverage, right? And Tua put in a spot where only his receiver can make the play. Uh, but there was nobody down there, the safety bit, and it was just somebody chasing the fastest man in the NFL. But yeah. but that was it. Everything else was uh, nice and tidy. But I want to come back to this Brock Purdy thing. And I want your insight on this because here here's the facts. Here's what I do know. Trey Lance was your starting quarterback to start the season. Jimmy was kept around to be the insurance policy for that, where many people would say that Jimmy was give, was going to always give this team a better chance. Great. He's there just in case. The just in case happens. Hey, this team's winning. All of a sudden they got them, themselves in a spot to, you know, they're, they are first in the NFC West, right? They're sitting as the two seed um, in the playoff standings at this moment, at this moment in time. And then it changes. And now you have Brock Purdy, who is Mr. Irrelevant, right? So the last pick in the seventh round of this year's NFL draft. But put some pretty good tape out there in this game in a scenario where it's like, it's not like you knew going into the week that he was getting first team reps and preparing for this game. Like he was thrown out there on the second drive of the, of the game and played the entirety of the game. And the only time we had a lead was because of him and in there, but Lou, let me tell you what I, let me tell you the realist in me says there's a reason why a rookie has never won the Super Bowl ever in the history of the NFL, right? Let alone a seventh round draft pick, Mr. Irrelevant, who didn't even start the entire season is just getting his, his playing time right now. So that's where the pessimist, that's where I'm pessimistic, right? Is like, that's what the facts tell me and history tells me in the NFL. Where I'm optimistic is I know what we can do in the run game. I know what we can do defensively and what I've seen so far. That should keep us close in games. And if that keeps us close, what do you need from the quarterback? You need him to be Jimmy, where you weren't asked to go win football games. You were asked to not lose football games and make smart plays. And you know what's ironic to me? Is I actually think Brock Purdy has a very similar skill set to Jimmy, they're even deficient in the same areas. Not big arms. They're not going to push the ball down the field. I would say that Brock's a little bit more athletic, so like he can get outside the pocket at least enough time to throw it away versus taking that like, <laughs> inopportune sack like Jimmy did that got him hurt. That made a field goal attempt a, a little bit more difficult. But the truth is, is like now there's tape out there, and every defensive coordinator you're playing for the rest of the season says that's a rookie, inexperienced quarterback that's out there, we're going to feast. And we're going to put him in positions that he's never seen before. And is he going to fold or is he going to step up? Against Miami in the second half? Dude, he made some plays, bro. Like, he made some plays with pressure in his face. On Like, like showed a ball sack on him with some of the throws that he was throwing. But can you do that week in and week out and not turn the ball over? Thoughts? I feel like, I feel like um, <clears throat> this is my fault. Wesson that will happen with Jimmy J was it two weeks ago I said you know if I'm a 49ers fan I'm freak I'm freaking out because mm -hmm. I go who scares you right and your response was ourselves <laughs> was I so, ever more right was like was I ever more right so um my opinion yeah this probably this probably hurts your Super Bowl chance you know chances like 
obviously you're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, you know, you, you know, you should win your division, right? Well, you should. I mean, but all that being said, <clears throat> when they go, when it gets into playoffs, you know, competition gets a little tighter. Games come, you know, you know, they're a little closer. You're facing elite competition all the time. Not and they, he did, you know, Brock Purdy, but. You said it before. We've talked about this a tremendous amount of times, you know, over the last couple of weeks, how, like, a backup quarterback, you know, when he just gets in there, he's like, screw it. Like, you know, it's just – here you're hoping it's not just beginner's luck because we've seen that happen a lot. Yep. But the, I, I think the difference is is that your whole team is really talented and is a great support system because uh, the defense can get him more opportunities to score, Right. Uh, and he has playmakers that you know that can take a four yard pass to the house. So um, it's not. Is it possible? That, you know, they make the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's really possible. Is it probable? I don't know because you also have to factor in, like I said before, who in the NFC really scares you. Uh, this doesn't help your chances, but I don't think it. I don't think it decimates you guys as it would other teams yeah. because of the talent you have, the coaching that you have. Um, and yeah, and, and Kyle's been here before through injuries, right? Like, and yeah, but he hasn't won here, won like this before. No, he has not. He has not. No, um, you're right. But the, here's the re- like, but I agree with everything you said. Like, possible, not probable. Um, I think the playoffs are still within reach, right? Like, it's still a tight race, and you mean no, division. it's still a tight. Not the playoffs. No, pl- you guys are- no playoffs in general, dude. Wow. Bro, there might only be one team that comes out of the West. Because like of the East. Yeah. I think they're not cannibalize themselves, man. Don't worry about that. Well, I hope God willing, because they all play each other to, in the I, back half of the season. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you they're going to cannibalize. God willing, because then that frees it up. But, like, hey, listen. Brady just figured something out in the last three minutes of a game last week, and now you got him coming into San Francisco, and he literally – Brock Purdy was six months old when Brady took – like entered into the NFL, right? Like so yeah. what what's going to happen there? And then you got the short week on a Thursday night in Seattle, right? Division game. That's a rough and, game. But then you got Washington on Christmas Eve. Then you got um, – you're in Las Vegas on New Year's Day, and then you That's wrap fantastic. up the division. Cool. Who wouldn't want to go to Vegas on New Year's Day? I, well, dude, actually, I was – I think we were – were we talking about it when I was oh, – no, Definitely I was talking about not. somebody else. We are talking about the price of tickets for that game because somebody I know wanted to go to the game. Dude, the price of tickets for that game, the cheapest seat you can find right now is like $350. Yeah. And there was another game on that same week that was like competitive, but it's, it's – They should They should make them like, – You can find seats for like $35. They, they should make them wear the throwbacks. That would be, be pretty cool. They, they might. I mean, no, nah, I think because you get a certain amount of time to do it, a certain uh, amount of times a year that you can do it. Yeah. But I just, I'm, my wife hates me because I was like sulking all Sunday night and she's like, you're just the worst. You're just the worst. I'm like, no, I'm just realistic. Like, it's not fair for me to expect Brock Purdy to take I, us to this, the yeah. promised land. It's just not fair. He's a third-string quarterback. Like, yeah, I had those expectations of Jimmy because I had those expectations of Jimmy when he was the starter, let alone the insurance plan, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know what I want to happen? I want Brock Purdy to go out there, ball his face off, and then we have a whole offseason of content about should they play Trey or should they play Ooh, Brock Purdy. You know I that want would be? that. You, I want you, that. 
You want to know what that would be? That would be like uh, the, the Redskins, uh, Griffin, uh, Robert Griffin, and, and Kirk uh, and Kirk Cousins. Man, wow, that'd be it, interesting. It'd be Nick Foles, Carson Wentz the following what, what, year. What What I tell you? What I tell, history always repeats itself. So right. I hope because if if that's the case, and he's playing well, that means we're competing because the yeah. rest of the team is is that talented, barring injury at this freaking point. All right, Lou. We've, we've been freaking out all night, but like, give me something else that you're freaking about. Um, I, I really think we need to show some love to the Bengals here, man. Their dominance yeah. over the Chiefs, you know, they just, they just, you can see like the bravado, the the confidence they have when they when they approach this week and they have this game, like they, Jamar Chase, you know, we're gonna, you know, no one's gonna, you know, cover me type of stuff, and like he was fantastic and. They know how to get to, you know, get containment homes, like a bend but don't break type of defense, um, frankly, because they can rush four for the most part, right? They have good edge rushers, you know, blue, like uh, lunch pal type of, you know, guys that, are, you know, can stop the run or or a rush you know, rush the passer. And their offense is, is deadly. And, and Joe, I feel like Joe Burrow is the quintessential quarterback that plays up to his competition. So being like with Patrick Mahomes, he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to outdo him and I will outdo him. So if I'm a Bengals fan, you have to be extremely excited. The 3-0 in the last three. And for me, I keep on picking against them. And it's like almost like roulette. It's going to have to turn up black one day, right? Or red one day, right? Oh, I missed a cool, a good opportunity to make a good uh, uh, metaphor there. But, um, but yeah, and I just feel like it's just they have their number and that's that that definitely gets into your mental psyche after a while. Yeah, I, I listen, that's and, and you know, the Bengals are getting players back. You got Jamar back, you're gonna get Mixon back, right? They're gonna get healthier, like lot to be excited about, especially like, yes, the the beating the Chiefs is the the icing on the cake, but the the the, the cake itself right now is like, oh, my division rival that sits essentially a half a game above me because there's no half games in the the nfl but we have we share a record with their star quarterback is going to be out for probably at least two weeks like that's our opportunity to make the ground pull it away get a home playoff game like all that looks really good for for the chiefs i mean excuse me for the the Bengals. i had the 49ers here but we kind of went into that before so i'm not so uh i'm a positive freaking out and this is the only one i have outside of the 49ers, but the Detroit Lions, right? Like, I never miss an opportunity to, to praise the them. Detroit Lions on, on this podcast. But, dude, once upon a time, they lost five straight games, right, during this season. Now they've won four of their last five. The defense, which was the Achilles heel, has actually been improving. And the offense has actually been humming, right? Both the run game and the pass game. You know, Jamal Williams has had this re- – he's just a – touchdown magnet you know i own him in a fantasy league so i love him for it but like jared goff is playing good football remember when we talked about jared goff being traded last year we said bridge quarterback like this guy's their quarterback right now like he's he's moving the football he's doing things now he's also playing in like a can't like a win-win scenario because nobody had expectations this is going to be a playoff team or anything like that so you can go out there and wing it almost feels like he's a backup in a in a starter's role but their lone loss in that span was to was a three point loss to the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving Day, where they could have been they could have won that game. They were really close to winning that you know to be in a spot to win that football game, 
And as crazy as this sounds, even though they're sitting at five and seven right now, and by the way, I said they'd win seven games this year, and I'd say that'd be a win for them. They're sitting at five and seven. They're two games out of playoff contention with five games left in the season. Yeah. yeah they're sitting go, above the Packers. You know, that's this is what happened with the Raiders last year. If you think about it, the Raiders who came out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but they had a really slow start, but they started after, you know, they started you know, stringing together some wins. And then they kind of snuck into the playoffs. I can honestly definitely see that because I believe they have an easy schedule, if I'm not mistaken, too. So you don't have to look at it up, but like that all plays, uh, you know, the plays into hand there. Well, um, I mean, we're on the topic, so I'm going to look it up. They got the Vikings this week. That's a tough game, but yeah, it's competitive. At, at the Jets, okay. which they've already won at MetLife, beat the Giants convincingly at MetLife. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Panthers, home against the Bears, at Packers. Yeah, those, so I those would are, say those are all, a lot of them are winnable games. Yeah, dude, they go th- honestly, they go three and two and finish at eight and nine. That might be enough. We'll see. Might I do have a, I do have one more freaking out. It's on a negative standpoint. It would be yep. the uh, I feel like the Indianapolis Colts are transitioning from a purgatory team to a bad team. Um, how attractive is this coaching position going to be, right? Uh, after Jeff Saturday's experiment fail, uh, got to think about it. Jim Irsay is uh, an eccentric owner, right? <laughs> uh, be di- it might be difficult to attract some talent there, but he might stop at no end either. They have no answer at quarterback. No, ro- the roster is depleted of talent, and the few building blocks that they have that are really good. They play that non. They play non-premium positions, meaning like your bet, your bet, your one of your best players is, is off the ball linebacker, right? Yeah. Uh, one of your, your left best, guard, your left guard, your your running back. You know these your are defensive positions. tackle. This is why it's always so important to you know premium positions a thing. How much you know contribute? Those are not building blocks. Um, so if I'm in the Colts, you're, you're devout of talent and. It's not an ideal situation there. Yeah, I just – so, listen, we haven't even begun to dive into our draft coverage yet. And I don't know – I have this week. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know what pick they own. I won't because I don't even think we have a pick till the third round. Um, but, like, I don't even know what pick they might even own at this point in time. But if I'm an incoming head coach – a high caliber incoming head coach, the likes of Sean Payton and maybe some other people that you might pull from the college ranks, a Jim Harbaugh who continues to name continues to be sniffed around in the NFL. Although I don't like, why would you ever leave Michigan? There's no reason to, and you've had success in the NFL. Like don't come back and taint that, like leave that allure and mystery. The first thing I look at is what you said, the premium positions, starting with the quarterback. Nope. And if I have options, no edge rushers. Yeah. Like, like if I, if I have an option, if I have options of teams, right? Like, Hey, where's the, where do most general managers and head coaches hang their hat and, and get jobs and lose their jobs from their quarterback position, right? Like draft, draft, the draft, yeah. they overly mount draft picks. Like, you know, like Philly was like this before, but they had a lot of draft picks, a lot of, and is there a there. transcending quarterback coming out of college that like, like I'm sorry, I don't. There's, no, there are there are a couple. Yeah, I don't. I don't subscribe to any for next year and the year after. Yeah, yeah. Stroud, the kid, the kid, Young. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about the kid from uh, USC, Caleb Williams. Uh, Caleb Williams, like he's getting a lot of, like Mahomes comparison or or what have you. But still, 
if that's two years, so maybe they, you know, they keep on, they take for, you know, him. Yeah, two years, but like. I think there's a North Carolina quarterback too, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Like, hey, they got to be in the right position, right? Like, yeah. hey, why, did, why is, listen, Patrick Mahomes is a really good football player. But a lot of his success could also be contributed to that a really good football team went and got him and traded up for him and surrounded with him with a ton of talent. So they took his talent and paired him with a ton of talent, right? Mm-hmm. I would argue that the 49ers essentially did the same thing when they were going to get Trey Lance. Really talented team that happened to be picking a little higher than normally would because in 2020 they were literally had 40 players that like didn't finish the season in, in some capacity. And we're able to trade up and go get a guy on a team that like the following year, even though he didn't play a snap played in the NFC championship game. Right. So like the, I don't like, you know, like I look at like Trevor Lawrence, you know, Zach Wilson, these guys who were supposed to change the guard, but like, dude, they just get free passes all the day, all day. Like nobody talks about that. The fucking Jaguars are still abysmal, you know, like it's it like, so that's what I'm, I agree. What I'm saying is I agree with you around the Colts and saying that the problem is going to run deeper and longer because I don't know if this team c- carries the appeal of a lure- luring in of a, like a highly successful, like head coach. Like you're going to have to roll the dice on a first time head coach, right? Like you're not going to lure anybody in cause you it's fucking Indianapolis in the grayest yeah. state of all time, Indiana, from a weather perspective, you're not the prime market and you don't have the prime position. Yep. All right. All right. Lou, this week, a couple good games. Um, what, what's, what's got your eye? We, I feel like we already, um, for me, uh, there's a lot of, uh, East rivalry games here. You got the Jets, Bills and Eagles giants. Uh, yeah. The East is going to be the place to be this this weekend. A uh, lot of implications, you know, what's going on there. Both New York teams, I feel like really – I'm asking New York teams. I'm talking about Jets and Giants. They really need a win here, you know, to uh, continue their playoff push. But they have, you're going to have better teams that are playing. They're going to be stubborn and don't want to see them in the in the playoffs. So, you're going to get the – it's going to be – both games are going to be fantastic, I think. Yeah, I – so I, I won't state the obvious because I had, I had both those games on my docket. Um, I obviously had the the Niners at uh, or the the Bucks at the Niners just because you're going to hear all the talk about like how Brady could have been a Niner and still could be a Niner at the end of this year to just throw that into the the quarterback controversy going out on in in San Francisco. But to to not take the games that you talked about, I think um, I'm most looking forward to your game. Sunday night, um, and to me, me. <laughs> to me, dude, like this is must-win football. I know I say this all the time, but like yeah, we said the last three weeks, man. But this, this is it. Like this is it. Man. Like I think a loss defines the season for the Chargers, but I also think a loss defines the Miami Dolphins and says, "Oh, maybe you weren't as good as we thought you were," right? Like. Maybe two is not as great as everybody was saying that he was playing. Maybe like all things were just going well against lower level competition. Um, there's just so many, there's so many narratives that can come out of that game that I think that's what excites me the most about. It. I think one team season is definitively on the line. And then I think the entire narrative around another team season 
um, could potentially be written from that game. Yeah. I mean, I would be excited. I mean, I had it on my list, but I mean, how can I be excited after what I just saw? Like, how can I, how can they really, how can that be like uh, the game that I was supposed to live up to? It's not, not going to be. It's going to be one sided affair, but yeah, it's, I mean, I get it, man. You know, that, but that's how I remember that's how I felt going into the 49ers Rams game a few weeks ago. And I was like, look what I just witnessed over the last two weeks a loss to Atlanta and a loss to Kansas City. Like, why should I have any optimism about this team whatsoever? And that started it. And you know what, Lou? We talk about all this time. You don't have to be the best team, you have to be the hottest team to get into the playoffs and go. And this, this week and next week tend to be the weeks where teams get hot. Yeah, well, unless Superman's coming out of that uh, locker room, uh, it's going to be chilly out there in uh, All right. Los Angeles. All right, let's keep let's keep rolling. Um, let's get into our our, our pickums. So last week you were nine and six, I was eight and seven. So you picked up yet another game, even though this was like yeah. the biggest window of opportunity because we had five games different from one another. Um, you went three and two in those games, which is just like absolutely infuriating because the Bears had every shot to beat the Packers, right? The Jets almost came back and beat the Vikings. And then I picked your Chargers to beat the Raiders. Yeah. Um, the two that I got right were the Bills. You had took the Pats. And then the I had taken the Bengals and you had took the, taken the Chiefs. So for the season, Lou, you are 122 and 73. Okay. I am 114 and 81. So here we are, week 14. We sit at an eight game difference. So for the next few weeks, there might be some crazy outlandish picks coming from this guy. So you might next week be 13 games up on me, let alone it's getting, eight. It's getting, <laughs> it's getting late early there, Weston. It is. It is. So we're gonna we're gonna alternate. Okay. I always give you the honors because you let me set the stage. So beginning tomorrow night, Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Rams. Do I have to? No. Okay, aside, I think I think the Raiders win. They're on a little bit of roll here, and this is what they did exactly last year. You know, uh, it's crazy what a couple of wins will do from a confidence uh, mindset. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I say, uh, you know, the Raiders win. Oh, the Raiders, too. I don't I just, you know, Los Angeles, uh, the Rams season seems lost. Desperation going to sign. Baker Mayfield, I still don't even know why. You know what I mean? Like, what are like, what are you jockeying maybe, for? Maybe, maybe to block you guys. Huh? I, listen, if, if that, I, I wish McVeigh would just come out and say that, right, and be like, "Hey, we want to make happy you again." Can't say that because of um, why you, you you basically have a toxic, you know, quarterback in your locker room. Then, like, hey, we didn't really want you, but. I don't, I don't, I just don't see the long play here. Like yeah. if Stafford's back next season and this isn't like a career ending injury for him, which it's not like, is Baker really your starting quarterback? Like he didn't catch on in Carolina. He's going to catch on here. I just don't understand. Well, you know? well, maybe they're grooming him to be Stafford's replacement, you know, being a couple of years in the system, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it just doesn't, it just like, it feels so logical, but so, not logical in the same breath. I have the Raiders too. Okay. Uh, all right, Jets at Bills. Um, I'm just I'm taking the Bills. I just I know the Von Miller news and everything hurts. He wouldn't have played anyway. Um, I just I just can't in good conscience pick the Jets right now in Buffalo. I'm gonna say the Bills too, um, but I think this game is gonna be really close, and I think it's gonna be 
alum. Uh, I know, like the Jets won the first game. It was it was a fantastic game, and it's just hard to win. You know, sweep a division, and I just feel like this game be really close. But I think Buffalo pulls it out. Yeah. All right, Browns at Bengals. I don't know how you go against Joe Burrow right now. Having having Jamar Chase is such a a huge impact on that offense. Um, and they really missed him when he wasn't there. I'm going to say Bengals. Yeah, I'm saying Bengals too. I mean, yeah, I know Cleveland won last week and pretty convincingly, yeah, but that was all defense. That was yeah, all the was, defense. Yeah. That was not anything to do with the offense side of the ball, and they're not going to have the same fortune. This is not the Houston Texans that they're playing. This is Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I got, I got Bengals too. Next game is – the, the Battle of Texas. So you have the Houston Texans at the Dallas Cowboys. I picked this one first. Um, I'm, I got to say the Cowboys. Uh, I'm going with uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the 2022 NFL the Defensive Player of the Year, Michael Parsons. I didn't know Bosa played for them. Nah. <laughs> uh, um, all right. The Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. Oh, Minnesota did not look good last week, huh? Right? They almost choked. They, they, they re- that defense is bad, but so is Detroit's. But Detroit's defense has been a little better as of late, but they're, overall they're both bad defenses. I'm just excited to see this game. Um, Give me the Lions. Give me the Lions. Wow. I'm going to give you a second to change that because you know here at the WTF podcast, we're big on revenge games. And this is revenge game for TJ Hawkinson in a Minnesota uniform. Ah, no, you know what? I can't change it. Screw this. I've been, how many games am I up on you? You're, you're up eight. Um, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going I'm to stick with my gut feel. This was a gut feeling, man. Dude, it's so funny because I was picking opposite you of this game no matter what, right? Like, if you took Vikings, uh, I was happy to take the Lions. You take the Lions, a, I'm yeah. happy to take the Vikings, right? This was like, a good so, game to do that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel right in either side of the equation. So, yeah. all right. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. I think Titans, uh, you know, they write the ship here and they beat the Jags. Especially Trevor Lawrence is all uh, busted up. Yeah, I'm, I'm Titans as well. I just, just doesn't feel like the week I can make up a lot of ground based on these games. The Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. I don't like how the Giants have been playing as of late, so I have to go Eagles here. I'm going Eagles as well. I just the Giants never play the Eagles well, and they never play them well at home, even though it's a, a home game for the Giants. So I'm, I'm, I'm Eagles as well, unfortunately. Um, but this bodes well for the 49ers because I need the Giants and the Commanders to start losing football games. That gives mm-hmm. us a little bit of buffer to to find the playoffs. But um, all right, Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Baltimore is minus one Lamar Jackson and why I love Huntley. I really do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling the dice here. I'm taking Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. That's the only difference for me. Ooh, I kind of wanted to go Pittsburgh here too. Um, damn, I did not think you were going to go Pittsburgh here. (sighs) Screw it. I'm going. To, I'm up eight games. I'll. I'll. This is me. You know, laying you in. I'll. I'll go Ravens. All right. That's and such a stupid pick. But I, mean. <laughs> I know. I don't. Th- I don't think it is, dude. Like, it is. It no. Is. But it's. It's not. I mean, they don't have anything on that offense, bro. But what do they have? They got the backup quarterback play for them. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll talk more about that in a in a second. But all right, Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. You pick. I'm just gonna go ahead and write it down for you. Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. Like, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They don't lose two in a row, and they're certainly not losing yeah. to this fucking team. Andy Reid's, like, infamous for that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers, and I actually have to pick this game first. I have to, I have to take I have to take the home team. I have to take the 49ers, even though – and this is not a homer pick. I just – Tampa Bay still just – Seems like they're figuring it out, right? And, like, they figured out a lot in three minutes of football. But I'm telling you, and I tweeted it out, and nobody's talking about it, but the literally the game-changing play of that game was Mark Ingram caught a little screen, and he, he, like, hobbled out of bounds. And I think he was legitimately got hurt on the play, and he didn't come back. But I think unbeknownst to him, he hobbled out, like, a half yard short of the first down. And then on that third and short one, they try to throw the ball on a quick slant and didn't get it. And that's when Tampa Bay went down and scored the first touchdown. And the whole momentum changed. If Mark Ingram gets that first down, another minute and a half comes off the clock. And that final drive that Tampa Bay put together is not even possible. It's not even a thing. Like it, it changes entirely. Um, so again, I know that was vintage Tom Brady. First time he's actually ever done that. Um, in his career with like down that deficit with that much time left. But I think that's like a huge emotional win for them. And now they got to go on the road. They're facing an entirely different um, defense and entirely different offense. Um, I don't know, man. I, um, I guess the homer in me is I am taking the 49ers, whether it's Brock Purdy or not. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going with the coaching here for this one. So I'm going with the Niners as well. Um, you Mina Kai, balls. <laughs> I do. I do. I don't think he's good. <laughs> um, anytime I can have a yeah, Todd Bowles slander, that's all I'm all for it. But um, Mina Kimes says something interesting, I think, on her podcast where she was saying that, like, the Buccaneers look different on that drive, that last drive. And when they run, when they run a hurry up offense, the Buccaneers are like the first efficient, like, uh, the first ranked efficient, uh, uh, hurry up offense, right? Why don't they do that more often? Like, try to pick up the pace and stuff like that. I just think watching them, they, they slumber and they, they need to run that hurry up offense. And I just think you guys match up with them um, from, you know, their, with their offensive line being weak and what have you. I'm, I'm going Niners here. I mean, dude, I think we match up with them well. I mean, last year, I don't know if you recall, but I was praying to God they beat I think the it's going to be a defensive battle, though. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Tampa Bay's defense is no slouch either. You know, not as mean? good as they were, but like they still. What they do good, I feel like, is they go sideline to sideline really good. Yeah. Those, those linebackers. Dude, expect a lot of Jordan Mason. There's going to be a lot. Like, if we're going to gouge him in the running game, it's got to be between the tackles. And McCaffrey's not that. Like, he's just Yeah, not but that. the problem with that, you got Vita Vey in between the tackles. Uh, he's fantastic, yeah. too, man. But Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but they eat up Aaron Donald, right? Like Totally two different, totally different players. Totally. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but I'm picking still picking the Niners. Yeah, I'm picking the Niners. Yeah. Okay. All right, next game is Carolina at Seattle. You got the you have the pick. Uh, I'm going Seattle for Carolina to play it. Seattle's always a tough place to play. Yeah, that's that's just Geno Smith. I mean, last I can't can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but Geno Smith last week playing was, great football, man. Dude, like the throws he was making, like I've never seen this much zip zip or like this much this, like 
certainty. You know, I don't know. It's just he just looks like a completely different player, man. He does. But I also think he's playing with that nothing to lose mentality, right? Because there was no expectations around this team. So you just keep riding that wave. I think when you come to playoff time and that shit gets tighter, right? And there's no like, hey, I got three more games left in the schedule. We'll make that up. Like, let's see if that changes, right? Let's see if he goes back to like the Geno that we knew before he took over. But right now he's playing good football. Like he's just playing really good football, man. The whole team is. I mean, they're just playing good football. Um, I'm Seattle on this, obviously, as well. All right. Sunday night, Dolphins at Chargers. You go first. I go first on this. Oh. I have to say the Dolphins. And I have to say the Dolphins. I want to say the Chargers because I think their season depends on it. Right? Like, I literally think their season depends on it. But I have to say the Dolphins, because of the fashion in which they just lost to the 49ers and they weren't able to run the ball, and that's what Mike McDaniel wants to do, even in this quick-and-go offense, like – the opponent it dictates that I should be able to run the football and I should be able to establish my will. And that's exactly what I'm going to try and do. I'd say dolphins. Come on, stop. I mean, it's dolphins. It's, it's just going to just, you know, rinse and repeat with the chargers and this, they don't, they don't match up with them. Dolphins are a blitz hat, you know, you know, heavy team. The offensive line is, is extremely thin, extremely banged up. They don't run the ball. Uh, I mean, I can get into We already got into all this already, so I'm not sure why I'm repeating myself. But um, it's Dolphins all the way. Um, I just uh, – they don't they don't have the talent. They can't match up talent-wise. And, frankly, the Dolphins are just a better team right now. The Chargers aren't a good team. If you look at their – if you look at their, like, the point differential, like, that, that is not – like, that is not – they're not a good team. Yeah. I, it's, it's tough, man. It's the NFL, right? Like, what do we actually know? Oh, no, uh, I'm, pa- I'm past all this. I'm in acceptance right now. I'm in acceptance. <laughs> the 12 stages of grief. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Monday night, New England Patriots at the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going go Patriots here. Can I make a bold prediction? I'm making, I'm taking the Cardinals. You can go ahead and make that prediction. I'm going to say New England wins and Kingsbury gets fired. Well, I'm saying the Cardinals win, so he's not getting fired. But if they do, if they do win, I, yeah. Like, I think that's, like, got to be the move. Right? Yeah. I mean, the guy's notorious for, like, end-of-season collapses. This season, it's been all season. Right. So what makes you think it's going to be any different? Mm-hmm. You know, the turmoil between the quarterback, they just paid a lot of money. He's not going anywhere. Like, you know, you got to get the locker room back. You got to build momentum for next season. I just think, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, does Kingsbury sniff this and there's desperation out there? That's, I'm, I'm just, I'm rolling the dice, man. I'm just leaning Cardinals and saying the NFL's funny and Monday night, we'll see how it goes. All right, so I've got right. three games different this week. So we'll see how where where we rank in the standings uh, next week. Lou, final piece. You do I think you'll, I think I think you'll make up two of those games. We'll see. We'll see. You got any fantasy advice for us this weekend? This is the final week before playoffs in most leagues. No, I didn't do the homework. All right, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rely on you on this one. I did All right, not. I'm gonna give you three players this week. And I, you can I, rely I, on I, me I, and comment. I, I'm gonna say like. Uh, 
two, uh, you know, two of my leagues have not not been well. Uh, you know, injuries, uh, late season collapse. You know, this you know, you know, this is this is my concession speech. As <laughs> you know, better uh, luck next year. Better luck next. You know, year. we had too much to overcome. The next man up didn't work out. Uh, you know, well, you know, we fought our hardest. You know, we we had fight and. Uh, yeah. So that's you know. We'll look on to next year. All right, I got three, and I'll just I'll just rattle them. You can comment if you want. Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, is a I think a must start this week. I think. I, yeah, this, we, we are, this is all you gotta do if you want. Whoever the Chargers are facing, like, play the running backs. You can pay up the you can you can play the second string running back on that. Well, I also team. just think that like the the weakness of the Chargers run defense is up the middle, and that's what Jeff Wilson is versus what Raheem Mostert is. Yeah, yeah. shockingly, um, it's more on the edges, believe it or not. Well, either way, they're going to be exposed in the yeah, running, yeah. I think I think this is like he might 100. only average four point nine yards a carry yeah. as opposed to five point seven, especially coming off like a one carry for three yards last week. Yeah. And Mike, like I said, Mike McDaniel being the, the running game guru, um, as he was known for like his pride, like they're going to establish the run. They're going to establish the run. They're going to take a little pressure off to, uh, to, uh, uh, 30 plus, like literally 30 plus run attempts this game, not like last game. So Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert, I'm just saying Jeff Wilson in this, um, I think he lines up better. The other person I'm throwing out there as like a screamer potential is Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from the Detroit Lions. I know last week was his first week back. I know he only played eight snaps and had a single target, but Dan Campbell came out and said how this was much more about like just about game preparation and letting him go through the motions and being on the sideline, getting out there for a few snaps. The guy's talented, man. We all know that. Talent for days from Jamison Williams. And this is a big game um, for the Detroit Lions. And we talked about some struggles from Minnesota defensively. I would not be shocked to see, like, not enough attention paid to him by the defense and him capitalize off of that in the in this second game back. So that's my, my thought yeah. on Jameson Williams. Yeah, the first one is um, was obvious. The second one, I feel like um... – it's a it's a sneaky one. Maybe a week too early, but it's a sneaky one. Like maybe he pulls out a one catch or sixty four yards in the touchdown type of stuff. That'll win you your week. Yeah, in, in yeah. some instances. Um, my last one, I have a third, is the aforementioned Tyler Huntley. Um, no Lamar Jackson for the foreseeable future. We've seen this before, where Huntley's come in and played, at least from a fantasy perspective, very good football. Um, for the the Baltimore Ravens, and I just expect Greg Roman's going to let him ball, you know. And I think why why he has carries such a fantasy appeal is he's going to run the ball all over the place. He's going to scramble and run all over the place. He's going to get you at least a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdowns, an added bonus, you know. So you're going to see 50, 60 rushing yards from him. You're going to probably see 200 passing yards um, from him in the game. And fantasy speaking, like if you're in a tough spot for a court, like this is. This is a guy you should absolutely play in Lamar's absence. The game plan doesn't change a lot. It, it doesn't change a lot from, you know, that's one of the appeals and why they paid him so much money to stay as a backup here because the the offense doesn't have to change yeah. when Tyler's in versus when Lamar's in. It's just one does it a little bit better than the other. That Pittsburgh, that, Pitts, that Pittsburgh defense isn't all world beaters either. Uh, it's not like ones of pro, uh, years prior. Uh, yeah, I like the Huntley one too because he's – 
he can win you. He can get points a multitude of ways. You know, those running quarterbacks maybe only throws for 150 yards, or maybe gets 80 yards rushing. That's eight points right there. Plus, if he sneaks in two more touchdowns, you know, you you can easily get up to 18 points uh, just just because of his legs. And that's a win, right? I mean. In my opinion, right? Especially you're like a super flex guy or whatever it might be, like definitely somebody yeah. you need to entertain. So, Lou, that wraps us up with our week 13 recap and our glance at, at week 14. Uh, we'll be back next week, depending upon if our personal lives get in the way or not. But T- TBD on that. But before we get out of here, sir, that quick final reminder where, where the audience can find us. At WTF Pod NFL on Instagram and Twitter, and Weston, as, as always, YouTube. We're talking football podcast, nice and simple. Again, that's W E apostrophe R E. See it scrolling on the bottom of your screen. Hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. You never know when we're going to change this to a live show versus a pre recorded show. And you want to be there and you want to ask your questions because we're going to answer your questions. But until that time, that's all we got for you this week. We'll be back next week. Spoiler alert. See ya.